yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure yeah, H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> it's a good idea to correlate those two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yes, the eighth episode of the A to Z podcast, H is for horse murders, and I am your host, Gwyn. And this week, the question is, or prompt, I suppose, is describe your pet or pets. I'll go first, I guess. I have two cats, Alvin and Cornelia, and we, my boyfriend and I adopted them in November 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, Alvin is a very large, very loud. Meow-y. Yes, he's very meowy. Uh, he's featured on this podcast before. Yeah, he talks a lot. Um, this morning, he, he'll he meow, like, further away from me. And then it's like he can tell that I'm ignoring him. And then he'll be quiet. And then he'll come up and get right in my face <laughs> and meow really loudly. And I'm just kind of like, you're such a bitch, bro. I but love I love him so much. And then Corn is... Um, the most anxious uh, cat on the planet. Her name is Cornelia, and we call her Corn. And um, yeah, she she doesn't even let my boyfriend or I pick her up. She just refuses and runs from anyone or any noise. It's it would be kind of funny, but she just seems real stressed all the time, and there's not much we can do about it. She's just an anxious cat, but I still love her very much. Uh, but yeah, and now the rest of everyone. She has gotten better, though. Yeah, no, for sure. She, she was, uh-huh. I mean, she's still the most anxious cat I've ever met. She'll be staring at me for no reason nowadays. <laughs> She'll just, like, come out and just, like, stand in the doorway and be like, what do you want? She'll <laughs> run away from me in the direction I'm going. And so I'm like, I'm yeah. going <laughs> She that works way. herself so she, up. Yeah, she's she chasing her. her. Yeah, she uh, keeps going. I'm like, funny. ma'am. <laughs> Really is such a little security. I cat. love her so much. <laughs> Alright, I'll go next. I'm Evelyn. Hello. And um, I only have one cat. Her name is Aria. She's gray and she's a chaotic baby. Um we I got her uh in uh twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was twenty nineteen. I was trying to think of the month. I think like May. August not August or May. Sometime Jesus. in the summer. April or May. Oh, spring. Whatever. Um, and uh, I had, like, I'd want, I'd, I had wanted a cat for a while. And so I was thinking a bunch of, of a bunch of cat names, and one of them was Aria. And then when I was looking at a cat adoption website, there was a kitten named Aria. And I was like, okay, we're meant to be. Yeah. And and they were. They're, they they match each other very well. <laughs> She's, uh, yeah, amongst other things, likes to kill lizards and by killing me mall yeah. to death um pretty sad. <laughs> and has absolutely no interest in human food we were just talking about this it's dinner. really weird she do, she is it's not on her radar at all Mm-mm. she, she loves i think she gourmet loves, kibble yeah she loves the kibble <laughs> yeah she likes the wet food a lot but <laughs> she doesn't even take treats all that often yeah no, it's so strict she likes catnip at least yeah she's a druggie <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's honestly, I mean, maybe I'm biased, one of the most gorgeous cats I've ever seen in my whole life. She looks like a cat in an anime. Like, she it's is. just too perfect. It's 
kind so, of and weird. And sometimes she does look yeah. silly. Her weird faces. Yeah, yeah they, they get pretty <laughs> silly. She but a lot face. of the time, I'm just like, wow, you're gorgeous. This has to be the longest intro. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. Okay, no, we're talking fine. about our pets, though, so that's True. fair. And Go we don't on. have kids. This yeah. Is like, this is as close as we're going to do it. <laughs> yep. Not yeah. to be those people. Yeah, no, so we all live together, so Gwen... Macy and I live together, and so that's a total of four cats. Like Macy's about to talk about, yeah. they're they're animal, but there's four in this house, and I'm in love with all of them and would die for all yeah. of them. Yeah, all of our cats are pretty good. They're kind of weird. Uh, yeah, they're all very strange. This is Macy coming at you again, <laughs> not in succession, but you know. <laughs> My cat's name is Tabitha, but I don't really like that name. But I did, I felt weird changing her name because I think that's weird. Yeah, Alvin and Cornelia also came named, and Why so you, did Arya. Why change their names? They've already... I, it just feels wrong. I mm-hmm. guess, yeah. Unless it's something really bad. Yeah, if it's something like... I don't know. I, I know a cat and... It's hard to yeah. have a bad cat name, Yeah, it's like... That's it has true. to be something like... Tabitha. Derogatory or yeah, something. Yeah, I knew a cat and his name was Mr. Poopy Butthole. No, it wasn't. Wait, I love that. It, I, I love that. It made me kind of sad. Because you got anxious just you would go to the bathroom. Yeah, but it makes me sad. Don't make fun of this Mr. Poopy, poopy Butthole. Butt That's so good, It's though. so sad. Anyway, Tabitha, we call her Tibby or Tibbs. Or oh, two cats, Rick and Morty. That would be awful. Yeah. Morty's a great name for a cat, though, just yeah. by itself. I like Morty for a cat. Name. Gwen hates Tibby. Yeah. Confirmed. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Please, please continue. I love my baby, Tibby. Tibby is... Uh, I think the most social cat. I know Alvin is the loudest, but Tibby loves... Literally everyone that comes into our house has seen, pet, and been in the presence of... Cuddled Tabitha. She'll sit on anyone's lap. She's she's the best cat in the world. Whenever I adopted her last July... Oh, it's almost a year. Yeah, it's almost a year. And they said she was, like, three, but you do not understand. Whenever I got Tabitha... She literally was like skin and bones. She was so skinny, so tiny. She was yeah. tiny. She, she kind of looked like like a like like an awkward like adolescent cat where they're <laughs> just like suddenly their limbs are really long and the rest of their body isn't. But she was just like really skinny. It was, it was it was it was a lot. But anyway, yeah, she's the best cat ever. She's very clingy with me. She sleeps very close to me every night. And oh, she's she, a tabby. Oh yeah. If you couldn't tell, her name's Tabitha. She is a tabby. Oh, and Cornelia is a tabby too. I don't know if you. Oh yeah. If we had just said that. Tabby is a pointy tabby. Cornelia is a round tabby, but not in a fat way. In yeah, a, no, she's in a tube. One way. of the skinniest cats. Yeah, like from the back, they look they look exactly. Tibby, her legs are really thin, but then her tummy's really round. Yeah, Tibby's got some small limbs. She's a Tibby tubby baby. Yeah, she's I love her. TM best cat. <laughs> And last but not least, our special guest this week, Caitlin! Hi. Um, I got my dog, who is eyeless. She can't no see. Not Billie Eilish. <laughs> she, she has, she has no, no eyes. eyes. No eyeballs. Her and she's adorable. Full name is... Can't talk about her. <laughs> her full name is Gracie Lou Freebush from Miss Congeniality. I love that. Um, her original name when I got her was Jamie, and she hated it. <laughs> she hated it. How do you Jamie tell? For a dog, she wouldn't she's come. A, she is. 
She has an attitude. Yeah, she has an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I've dog sat her a couple times. Can I times. just say, I fucking love that all of our pets have such different <laughs> personalities. And like, they all have human names. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, I they do. I called her Sweetie when I went into a doctor and she liked it. And I was like, maybe she that'll be her name. And she wouldn't come for it every time. And then when I said Gracie, she was like, oh, bet this is my name. And so I she came for that. Love that. Oh my she's god. She's a little round eyeless dog she looks like a chihuahua and a um dachshund mix and um she kind of just goes through life sniffing and eating grass she's such a cutie she's so sweet and she She likes to sit on the couch her eyelids are sewn shut yeah she had um, (laughs) she's a pretty rad looking dog she's pretty cool she had cataracts that made her eyes swell out of her head, so they had to remove her, remove them before I got isn't, her. Isn't she a, a Hurricane Harvey rescue? Yeah. yeah, I adopted her Memorial <coughs> Day, 2018. Oh my I, god, <laughs> tomorrow's Memorial Day. Yeah, oh. so I've had her uh-huh. for a while. I just realized that. three years. Yeah, and so Dang, three years. I know. I was like, wow, and they had a deal at the Humanities Hum. Humane Society? Humane Society in San Antonio, and it was like $25 for a dog older than six months, and so I adopted her fully. How old is she? She's, they said she was seven when I adopted her. Mm-hmm. I think she's a little older. I think she's like 11. Oh. She's like a big dog with mm-hmm. like small dog body yeah. parts. She looks like <laughs> a munchkin dog, yeah. 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 and so that's why their eyesight goes bad. Earlier Wait, in life, have you ever seen like those German Shepherd corgis? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of she kind of looks like a miniature version. Of that. Yeah, she does. And then Even my smaller, uncle has yeah. a dog who's a German Shepherd, and I get them mixed up all the time because they're funny. colored the same. They're like brown and uh, black. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a big old sweet. I think I might post some pictures of our animals, yes. Yes. lighten up the the feed a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was a, this was a lighter question. It Let's was, get into it because this one <laughs> has to do with uh, we'll do the trigger warning. Animal abuse is the biggest one, um, but then there's also murder and also sexual assault of minors and also murder of them as well. So, yeah, if any of that is not your cup of tea, that's totally fine. We completely understand. Feel free to not listen to this episode. Okay. At least you got to hear about our cats, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I always put a trigger warning in the, in the thing, so if yeah. they didn't risk it, it's fine. But I'll, maybe I'll put in there. But the first eight minutes of us talking about our animals, if you want to listen. Okay. Anyways, horse murders. So it was a huge scandal in insurance fraud. So what people would insure their really expensive race horses or like jump show show jumping horses and you know Dress, dressage. Yeah, is that what that is? Like yeah. dress horses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kind of shit. They would insure them, and then they would kill them for the money. Uh, sometimes yeah. this happened if the horse didn't end up being worth as much as they thought, or if it got hurt or something like that, they would do it. Um, or uh, if it just wasn't performing well, they could. Jeez. They would choose to take the, the money instead of, you know... You know, not killing their horse. I yeah. guess I don't know. It's it's just it's kind of <laughs> fucked up. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it is. A you have weird. to be a really greedy person to fucking like. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna kill this horse because it didn't make me enough money. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um. Yeah. The what the fuck. So they would do that, but they would also sometimes intentionally sell people 
bad horses or not as, you know, purebred and, like, not as skilled horses. And then when people found out about it, things happened there. So that's kind of the general overview. So this had been investigated by the FBI from the mid-70s to the mid-90s. Just, like, general cases of horse murder yeah like in the midwest Mm -hmm. they were starting to realize that a bunch of this like didn't add up right and it's like wait a second this is occurring way too frequently so uh there's known at least uh over 50 horse murders uh but it may have been as high as 100 it's just it's not necessarily impossible to know but very difficult to know uh, at this point. Mm. Um, and then in 1977, and the heiress of the Brock Candy Company, um, Helen Brock, disappeared. And to this day, no one has found her body. Maybe it but was, it was the really... candy! I hate you. Her two dogs were named Candy and Sugar. It's a lame. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Could be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I babysat a dog named Sugar for the longest time. It was a sugar. And it was actually... (laughs) It was actually her disappearance that led the FBI to start looking into the horse insurance thing. Because they were like... What? (laughs) Yeah, because she was someone who got scammed. Right. And so while they were looking into this, they realized a bunch of other stuff happened. So, how they would do this is they would, mm, not describe, but, like, they would, how to, why am I blanking on this? So, they would disguise, Mm -hmm. fucking God, uh, the way they killed them as colic. So, colic is abdominal pain, broadly. But it encompasses all form of gastrointestinal conditions which cause pain. So it's very broad. Again, I think I used that word. Apparently I can't think of any better adjectives. And it can get fatal really fast. Like, it can it can just turn bad really quickly and the horses can die. Yeah. And it, it hurts them and it's really sad. My brother had colic when he was a baby. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, people can get colic, too. It's, you know, literally just, you know, abdominal pain, really. Um, And so a lot of the time you have to have uh, abdominal surgery, and that's really, really expensive. And so they just don't want to do it. And so a lot of vets will be like, well, yeah, if you can't afford the surgery, just put put it down. So um, this these scandals were one of the biggest, most gruesome stories in sports. And the biggest scandal in the history of equestrian sports, which is... I never really thought about horse riding as a sport, but obviously, like, yeah. it definitely is when you think about it for even, like, two seconds. But it's strange. But, yeah, so it was over a 20-year period, and there were dozens and dozens of people involved. And a lot of them were really respected and affluent trainers and owners and so when all this broke it was like wow what the fuck all of these people were doing all of these horrible things one of the most famous cases i suppose is of the show jumper henry the hawk was his name and so in 1981 
uh, 17-year-old Lisa Druck of Ocala, Florida, who is now known as Riel Hunter, who is the woman Senator John Edwards had an affair with when his wife had cancer. And he got her pregnant and stuff. It's just a weird connection. But this happened to her. Um, Her father controlled her assets because she was 17, but she owned uh, Henry the Hawk, a prize-winning show horse. And so uh, he wasn't making as much money as they wanted, and so um, they decided that they were going to kill him. So they hired Tommy Burns. Is he a fucking horse hitman or some shit? Yeah, no. Tommy the Sandman Burns. Why is Sandman? Why they, have the name they call him the Sandman because he puts horses to sleep. I'm gonna... What does that have to do with sand? He would also like, come at night. The Sandman? That's, the sand, like the, you know, the guy, he the puts story? you to sleep. Right. I don't know. I just it's a like weird name for It's a sleep. weird name. It, it is. I get it's, I, I get, get it. I thought it was because your eye crusties. Yeah. That's generally what it is. Like the, you is it I'm just talking about eyes. for a horse killing guy. Like, it's just funny. That yeah, he like, puts horses to sleep. Man. That's the thing. Maybe it's like to make it nice. I suppose. Like, it's just oh, funny. Oh, sorry, Tommy, your horse is going to die. The Sandman's coming. <laughs> like, you know? He's going to go to sleep. It just <laughs> seems silly. So, um, they had insured the horse for $150,000. Jesus. Before they tried to kill it, they tried to sell it, but the highest offer they got was 125000 And so they were like, I really need that extra $25,000. So they hired Burns... And this is what started his 10-year-long career as a horse murderer. Yeah, and they weren't caught. Uh, He was under investigation uh, when he died of cancer in Florida in 1990. James Druck, I'm sorry, the father. So the father had done this without his daughter knowing, which is pretty pretty fucked up because she really liked the horse a lot. Horse? Ugh. That's sad. That's like someone stealing like your your dog and it's like sorry. Nope. I, I will not it. imagine it. Yeah. I'll fight anyone if they steal my dog. Yeah. <laughs> how how would they do it? Here we go. This is how they would do it. <laughs> I have been wondering. Yeah. Um you slice an extension cord down the middle into two strands of wire, attach a pair of alligator clips to the bare end of each wire. Attach the clips to the horse, one to its ear, one to its rectum. Then all you gotta do is plug the cord into a wall and step back. That's what you do. And it looks like colic, because you can't really diagnose what the fuck happened. Jesus Christ. And then you collect the money. Who was electrocuted a horse? At least it it was fast. What the fuck? In the rectum? Yeah, I mean, you gotta do it to both sides so that the current goes right through it immediately. For the oh. fastest death. Do you think they'd buy a different extension cord every time? Yeah, they have to cut it down the middle. I don't know if how like if that will compromise it after a number of times or not, right. you know? Right. No idea. I also don't know. Um I was just hoping they ex- like they poisoned it. I know that sounds really bad. But you know, like they gave it like a a sleeping shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Euthanasia, yeah. 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 No, no. They they have to they can't have a vet come in and euthanize it because they'd have to either pay right. off the vet or make it somehow that the vet wouldn't know but the vet would probably figure it out. Yeah. Also, also, these people don't care about the horse. That's true. Yeah. Also, how much were they paying what, Tony? Like, uh, Tommy. Like, Tommy. like $5,000. Yeah. yeah, um, 
so they had a they had an an interview with Burns because he turned into an FBI informant and so he's part of the reason why they caught so many people and it's in a an article called Blood Money by William Knack which was written in 1992 so this is when all the stuff was coming out that seems way too recent I was thinking it'd be in like the 30s yeah I mean you never like again you don't think of Horse racing is, like, a thing of the past. Like, yeah. the fucking Kentucky Derby. Obviously, it still goes on now, but, like, does... Yeah. Do people... Wait, what year are we in? 19, 1992. Oh. All right. Yeah. Like, 90... Like, 95... Uh, blah, 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 75 to, like, 92 Obviously, ish. someone, like, disappeared, so it's, like, a big issue. But you wouldn't think the FBI would get involved in, like... Well, they, yeah, they got involved because of Helen Brock because she was a multimillionaire. Yeah. So when she disappeared, of course, the police cared about, it was a fucking 79-year-old white lady. That's what I was just thinking. If these had been, like, I don't know, family horses that are, like, helping these people continue their livelihood. No, no, no. These are fucking rich assholes. Yeah. Exactly. Who can afford to actually, like... Not scam an insurance fucking like, company. Right. Insurance and then, fraud seems like a rich person. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's fair. I'm <laughs> terrified to accidentally fraud. commit insurance yeah. fraud somehow. I, I, yeah, that's the only way I think that I would commit insurance fraud is by accident. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> no. Um, but he said when you when you clip them and step back, you have to, you better get out of the way. They go down immediately. One horse dropped so fast in the stall, he must have broken his neck when he hit the floor. Oh it's a sick God. thing, I know. But it was quick and it was painless. They didn't suffer. I don't believe it. Um, and so... <clears throat> Let me stick half an extension cord in your ass. Truly. See how you like it. So that happened. He killed the horse in 1982, and in 1992 is when that interview happened. So in 1989, Burns... Uh, so the Sandman, Tommy Burns, got hired to kill a jumper horse named Streetwise. <laughs> Street Smarts! Street Smarts! I hate it. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. That was the whitest shit. Um, I hate us. She was owned by a, or he, it, the horse, they, the horse was owned by a woman named Donna Brown, who was the ex-wife of a former U.S. Olympic rider, Buddy Brown. Um, Horse racing was an Olympic sport? Yeah, I think it still might be. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Horse racing is weird. It's a rich people sport. It is strange. I feel like horses are rich people. Wait, you know what's better than horse racing but still involves horses? Uh. Polo. Mm. Also a rich person's thing, but cooler. What about water polo? No horses. No horses (laughs) involved. What about horse water polo? (laughs) Just horses swimming. (laughs) They play the game instead of humans. That would be very cute. I, yeah, I'd watch that. I, I yeah, think that I would, would be very it. dangerous. I meant it's people and horses. Oh, yeah. So they're oh, riding, riding on the horses. I didn't think about the people. I mean, yeah. they can, but not probably not for as long as you would no, need I'm to saying play water polo. It would be really unsafe. The horses would freak out and probably okay, kill them. Just, just think about just horses playing with a little ball in the water. <laughs> That's Adorable. That's what I was thinking. Oh, like James Baxter from Adventure Time. You know, when he's the horse on the ball and oh, he goes, yeah. James yeah. Baxter. Yeah. I hate it. Anyway, I love it. Continue with Horses this. make me happy. Continue with this. <clears throat> sad horse stuff. Sad horse stuff. This is very sad horse stuff. So, um, Burns got hired by these people to kill Streetwise. Well, not kill Streetwise. They got hired to break Streetwise's leg. Oh my God. Because he'd already suffered from colic. There was a hit out on this 
fucking horns. Yeah. So they were supposed to break the leg and make it look like an accident so that they could put, him down. put it down by a vet. But Burns drew the line at breaking a horse's leg and subcontracted it out. So oh, he got paid $5,000 to do it. And then paid someone And else. then cut the fee in half and paid Harlow Arley to do it. Um, but at that time, Burns was already under surveillance by the FBI. So the FBI caught all of this on tape. They were investigating and they had investigators at the crime scene. So this is how it is described in that article, Blood Money, that I mentioned before. Uh, the powerfully built Arlie appeared behind Streetwise's rear, right rear leg, a crowbar in his hand. Arlie swung the bar like a baseball bat, and agents across the highway could hear a crack. Neighing loudly in a high, panicky scream, Streetwise began thrashing on his dangling leg, fell to the ground as a stunned burned, Burns hung onto the lead. I've never seen anything like it. The horse went into shock, he says, and then scrambled back to his feet. The keening horse tore the shank from Burns' hand and took off around the stable, disappearing into the night, falling again, bellowing, only a sound now, an echo behind the barn now, in the dark now, in the quiet rain. That's a good, pretty good author. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. yeah. And so he immediately called the insurance people and they were like, yeah, send a vet out there, please kill that horse. Yeah. So they killed the horse, but he knew that he was going to get fucking caught because it's obvious someone fucking hit it with a crowbar and people were there and saw it, like, heard it and, like, came running. So he tried to escape, but the FBI, they were coming down all the dirt roads, all the main roads, like, fucking surrounded him and arrested him. And that's how he turned into an FBI informant, uh, which is just very, very I love how the only reason the FBI is involved is because of the insurance fraud. Yeah. Like, not that the old should, white lady. I, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. But it's just like, people are stealing money. Uh, are, so, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. In the end, he confessed. Hey, where's PETA and all this? I don't know if it <laughs> existed. I have no idea when PETA became a yeah, thing. Yeah, that seems like a late 90s thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he confessed, and 38 pe- 36 people were arrested for animal cruelty and insurance fraud. 35 of them were convicted. Whoa. After testifying, Harlow Arley served eight months in jail for breaking Streetwise's legs. Burns revealed the names of the other conspirators and was sentenced to a jail, for, a year in jail for his crimes, including the breaking of Streetwise's leg. Then he only served six months of the sentence and changed his name to Tim Ray and moved to Florida. Or no, I'm sorry. He still resides. Oh yeah, this happened in Florida. Um, I was going to say. And he currently sells auto parts for a living. Another person who was involved with this was a man named Richard Bailey. And he uh, burned barns down with horses in them instead of doing the other stuff. So they could get, like, building insurance and horse insurance. Yeah. Yeah, so you could collect both the building insurance and the horse insurance. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. He feuded with his brother and also a man by the name of Frank Jane and his family. And these people left a trail of violence. They would beat up people who knew about this stuff. They would, you know, extort people for money. They were basically like the horse mafia. Mm -hmm. It's fucking crazy. 
But Richard Bailey is most famous for his involvement with Helen Brock. He pled guilty to racketeering, mail and wire fraud, and money laundering, and was sentenced to life in prison for his role in the murder of Helen Brock. Helen Brock was born on November 10th, 1911. That's so, so long ago. Um, she was born in Ohio, married her high school sweetheart in 1928. That's the year my Nana was born. But she was divorced by the time she was 21. Then she worked at a country club in Palm Beach, Florida, and she met and married the heir of the E.J. Brock and Sons Candy Company by the name of Frank Brock. And they lived there, and, you know, they had a great, wonderful life. But she was scheduled for a routine medical checkup, and so she went to that, and then she left... It was at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And then she left for her private flight to go to her mansion in Glenview, Illinois. Oh, God. It's so rich. (laughs) Um, Which is a suburb of Chicago. But um, a gift shop assistant near the uh, clinic insisted that she had said, I'm in a hurry. My houseman is waiting. And that's the last time that anyone ever saw her. What is houseman? Uh, that's a great question. I'm not exactly sure. I think is it's it like I think it's like a maid. I think it's like a butler kind of thing. Oh, okay. You know, like my house. Someone who manages your day to day. Also, I gotta say stuff. Why aren't we calling that Richard Bailey guy Dick? Dick Bailey. Yes. Dick Bailey. Um. They did not see her on the flight, the, the the crew. And so they were like, what the fuck? Oh, okay, so her houseman slash chauffeur. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, he said that he collected her at O'Hare Airport. Um, and that asserts that she spent four day- days without making a call before she was dropped off at O'Hare for a flight to Florida. So no, it was like everything's kind of hazy about what happened. Um, and originally he was the focus of the police attention during the investigations, but he repeatedly, um, claimed his innocence. Um, and he did, he told reporters, he's like, I have no fucking clue whatever happened to her. Like, I don't know. Um, but a formal federal agent was like, yeah, he definitely did it. He's got something. He knows something's going on. It's like, I've seen suspicious men in my day. Yeah. And a Helen's brother believed that he'd done it and um he'd done it without any involvement from richard bailey and the horse racing racketeers and so what happened was the richard bailey and people like him would act as gigolos basically for older women and they would sell them these bad horses and bro this whole horse conspiracy I shit i wasn't ready for it isn't it weird <laughs> this shit's weird so they he and his compatriots Why are they buying horses they obviously don't want them <laughs> no they want it they want the horses um because they want to you know maintain whatever, their fancy whatever, lifestyle whatever, i think like horses whatever. are like an investment yeah, that yeah that's why they're so horses. fucking expensive yeah. but uh, whatever i don't get Continue. why a living thing should be an like investment, you know? What? Because you have to take care of it. I know, but then you're just wait. You're not wasting money. Well, they see it. it as wasting money. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, like a, any pet is an investment. You're just paying to like they're like a child. You literally have to pay to shelter, and feed them. Like mm-hmm. maybe take I'm just thinking like a day. dog because like my dog instead of like catching me, but a horse can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. But I also don't ride horses. Maybe that's what they get out of it. 
Yeah, I don't know. It is a whole thing. So yeah. they would target wealthy, middle-aged, older women who didn't have a lot of knowledge about horse racing or the horse world, but they wanted mm-hmm. to get into horses because that's, that's a thing well. rich people do. Which, sure, whatever. In 1975, Richard Bailey's brother Paul sold three horses to Helen Brock for $98,000. But the total of the three horses was less than 20000 So they made $78,000 by defrauding this woman. <laughs> nice. Uh, she also brought, bought a group of expensive brood mares, which is kind of gross, but they're basically just female horses used to give birth to good race horses. They were trying to persuade her to invest $150,000 more, but she hired an appraiser and they were like, you should not be doing this. I don't know who's been tricking you, but someone's been tricking you. He was like, you should not, you shouldn't insure any of these horses. They're not worth it. And they were like, but, and Richard and his brother were just like, no, you should insure it for $50,000, you know? And so she probably, that what they think is she brought it up to Richard and was like, I'm going to tell people. Mm-hmm. And so he murdered her to keep that, you know. She was declared legally dead in uh, February 17th, 1970. Oh, wait. Yes, she was declared legally dead as of the date of her disappearance, February 17th, 1977, but she was <laughs> declared dead in May 1984. Um, no Two one. Ooh. Did they ever no, find her kidding. body? <laughs> no. Um, then no one's ever been convicted of, you know, making her disappear, mm. but they, they were like, Bailey had something to do with it, and he racketeered her and did all of this other stuff, so he was ser- sentenced to 30 years in prison for defrauding her. Yeah. It's uh, fucking crazy. <laughs> and so the investigation was reopened in 1989 when, um, what's his face? Tommy Burns uh, started to tell people when he confessed everything after the whole incident was streetwise. And they knew that this guy, Bailey, was related to a guy named Silas Jane, who I will talk more about later because he's fucking crazy. And he was charged with conspiring with several other people who were never charged with it. He was the only one who's ever charged to kill Brock. But, again, uh, he was not convicted of her murder, but he was sentenced to the 30 years for defrauding her. And the judge made it clear that the evidence reflected that he was involved in a conspiracy to murder her. Whether they carried it out, they could not prove. Mm-hmm. Bailey was released from prison on July 25th, 2019. Her parents and husband are interred in Unionport, Ohio, which is near her birthplace. And in that area where her family is, there's a marble monument and it has an empty tomb with her name on it. And I'm assuming if they ever find her body, they'll probably put it there. But um, her two dogs, Candy and Sugar, are buried there as well. Aww. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also other famous people who ended up uh, participating with it, including horse trainers and the owner of, like, owners of different farms and whatnot. Um, a man named Paul Valier. Mm, I hope that's right. Anyways, uh, he was hired, he hired Burns to electrocute his show horse, Rosé 
Platier. I guess this is a French dude. Mm. And he was trying to collect $75,000 in insurance money, which is so much. But once he was apprehended, he also became a snitch. And he wore a wire for a year. And he gathered information um, about this for the FBI. (laughs) He ended up being sentenced uh, in 1996 to four years of probation. And he had to pay a $5,000 fine. He was also indefinitely suspended from participating in horse shows, sanctioned by the American Horse Show Association. So I guess he could participate in ones that weren't sanctioned by it. But unsanctioned horse shows? That sounds crazy. Unsanctioned horse shows? Uh, he, they uh, were selling hot pickles out the wazoo. I hate it. Uh, in 2006, he tried to gain reinstatement to the United States Equestrian Federation, which was the American horse show association but everyone was like are you fucking kidding me you hired a dude to kill a horse what the fuck's up with you and everyone was really upset about it and he he was permanently barred from equestrian events they're like you should have left well enough alone dude now you can't come to any events ever fuck you (laughs) um one of his closest friends was a man named barney ward and he owned uh, a farm in new york And he also arranged for wealthy owners to have their horses killed. He arranged for Burns to commit 15 horse killings. So imagine about imagine all the other shit we don't know about rich people that they pay off and do for weird reasons. I I know the possibilities are truly endless. Ridiculous, and they probably do them all. Yeah, think of something fucking wild. That's probably happening. Uh, (laughs) Some of the horses. He was charged for the death in four horses, Charisma, Condino, Rub the Lamp, and Rosé Platier. Uh, In court papers, he, quote, admitted that he told the horse killer to keep quiet about the people who hired the killer to slaughter their horses. And if he kept quiet about Ward's friends and business associates, Ward would pay him money. And Ward later spoke with the horse killer and said that he would kill the horse killer if he did anything to hurt Ward. He was sentenced to 33 months in prison, followed by three years of probation, and had to pay back one of the defrauded insurance companies $200,000. When he got released, he sued the AHSA, the American Horse Show Association, because they had barred him from attending his horse shows. Um... There any of their sanctioned horse shows. Uh, he claimed that it was his right as a private citizen and no longer of the no longer a member of the AHSA to watch his son compete in equestrian events. So his son was still doing stuff in equestrian events, which feels a little odd. I mean, obviously you can't punish someone for their father's mistakes, but they've been watching him, right, and making sure that all his horses are good because. <laughs> I feel like that is just something you gotta face when your dad kills a bunch of horses. Like, sorry, that's your lot in life. You gotta have people check and make sure your horse is good. Um, And if they die, they have to do, like, a whole investigation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I mentioned Donna Brown before, who was the ex-wife of Buddy Brown, who was the former U.S. Olympic horse winner. Um, and she was convicted of hiring Tommy Burns and Harlow Arley to break Streetwise's leg. She was one of the many people uh, who ex- was expelled from the AHSA 
because they were connected for it. Um, and this include, included, uh, as I mentioned before, Barney Ward, Paul Vallier, Vallier, mm, Vallier, maybe, and someone named Marion Hulick. <laughs> they weren't super uh, invested as far as I could tell, so I didn't look into them, but they have a funny name, Hulick. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, so another quote from Blood Money, Blood uh, Money. says, <laughs> Unlike paintings by Renoir or baseball cards bearing pictures of Honus Wagner, horses experience wild, often unforeseen fluctuations in value. Say, for instance, that a thoroughbred investor spends $500,000 for a well-built, well-bred yearling, insures him for that sum, and sends him off as a two-year-old to a racetrack trainer. And they say that the trainer informs them, and then and say that the trainer then informs the owner that the colt is so slow that he couldn't beat a $15,000 maiden claimer, which I don't, I don't know what that means, but anyways. Or that he is an ill-tempered, untrainable rogue. Or that he is about to blow a tendon and will never race. The humane sportsman might wince and take the loss, but more than a few others would make other arrangements. The insurance is there, and it is very tempting, said one federal agent. So why would you just let this horse have its golden years in your back pasture when you could just kill it and make a shit ton of money off of it? Jeez. Which is a shitty, shitty thing. So Silas Jane was one of the people mentioned because he had a lot to do with the whole conspiracy. He was born on July 3rd, 1907 in Illinois. And he was the eldest of three brothers in a family of 11, which is so many children. And what do you mean eldest of three brothers? So there were three boys and eight girls. And he was the eldest boy. I see, I see, I see. I was like, how are there only three sons if there's 11 kids? (laughs) But I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he had a half-brother named George, was Jane. Was he one of the eleven? Was he what? One of the eleven? Is a half-brother? I'm not sure, because it's then he has also a full brother, Frank Jane, who was also involved in horse-related crimes. Mm. Um, but his brother, George, <laughs> was, uh, they had a huge feud uh, afterwards. But at the age of 17, Silas was convicted of rape, and served Ugh. one year in a state reformatory. He's a horrible person. I was about to say, Silas is a cool name. It is a cool name. Yeah, fuck that guy. He's a horrible, horrible person. I feel like Silas is always, like, the villain. Yeah, that is kind of an evil name. Yeah. But, like, a good It's a cool... Name. Like, if I heard it, I'd be like, great. Ooh, cool. But then the minute... I'm yeah, like, that guy's evil. <laughs> so, Silas and his brothers, George and... What was the other one? Oh, pardon me. Frank. Ooh, white claw. Sorry. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. So, uh, he was born in 1907. By the 1930s, he and his brothers had cured a ranch near Woodstock, Illinois. Is that where Woodstock... Wouldn't, wait, was Woodstock in New York? Woodstock is in New York. Yeah. Is there... Is it? Then why is there Woodstock, Illinois? I mean, it's just... I mean, Woodstock I, is like a place that people mm-hmm. do, like, a Woodstock, right? I think it's where you stock the wood. Yeah. I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. I, there, there's like multiple, like there's it, a London, Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Paris, Texas. Is there a, there's a London, Texas. There's an Athens, Texas. Yeah, it says it was in White Lake, which is in New York. Okay. Anyways, they transported feral horses from the western United States to uh, rail yards at Woodstock. 
Yeah, he. What year is this? I'm sorry. Uh, in the 30s, they'd gained ownership, and by the 50s, they were working at a, some stables and in a, a riding academy. So they had okay. a ranch and a riding academy and some stables for horses. <clears throat> Silas had a huge reputation for being a fucking bully. He was described as a savvy businessman who knew a lot about horses, but he was a piece of shit. He um, claimed that he had served time uh, for murder. He hadn't. He'd only served time for that rape at 17. Um, But he did that in order to intimidate his rivals. He was like, I fucking murdered someone and I'm not afraid to fucking murder you. And he frequently had violent outbursts at equestrian events. And he got ownership of a bunch of stables in the Chicago area to act as fronts for his criminal activities. Again, horse mafia. Yeah. yeah. Horse mafia. Horse mafia. Maybe it should be H's for horse mafia. Because yeah. this is fucking crazy. Right. But he, because he was so known for his violence, he was uh, able to demand a 10% stake in the profits of any horse show that was held near Chicago. He had that much power. He was known to cripple rival riders in beatings and to bomb the houses of judges and stable owners who earned his ire. Bomb? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I yelled, but I just wasn't (laughs) expecting it. Yeah. He was unable to uh, be a part of the military draft because he had a rape conviction. And so he traded in horse meat during World War II. Uh, um, which, I mean, is fine, but there, I don't think he... What does he, horse meat taste like? I don't have any yearnings to eat a horse, but if someone had already prepared some horse meat, I would eat it. It's you know? pretty popular in France, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't... I don't, I don't like know. It, I feel like though. it would be similar to beef. Yeah, it's... Um, the muscle structure is, like, more... We learned about it in my nutrition class. It's like... Weird. The muscle makes it less tender. So like yeah, because they're very muscular, and yeah. cows tend to be more so it'll fat. Be like tough. Chewy. Yeah. Yeah. So you, that's like with cows, they never want to. Sell Wonder like if it's good for jerky. Because their horse their muscles are too. Uh, but if it's already chewy, why would you make it into something chewy? Chewy, chewy, chewy. Yeah, they just make meat flavored gum, but it's just horse flesh. Ew. Ew. <laughs> it's like the glue. Oh yeah, horse glue. Babies. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, and he used his profits from the horse meat to enter the horse show business. And his stable was patronized by the Chicago elite. So a bunch of rich people would take their lonely wives or young daughters there to get horse riding lessons. And he would sell virtually worthless horses to rich men with daughters in their early teenage years and claimed that these horses were super top quality and they needed them if their daughter was supposed to become a top-notch rider. That's the kind of fraud that I can get behind, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Defrauding rich people? Sure, but if it doesn't come off the... come at the cost of killing a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want a horse to be killed. But if it's just like, let me sell this rich guy's daughter a bum horse. And by a bum horse, I mean like... He's not so fast, or like a little chubby. He's a little horse. chubby. He's a yeah. little chubby. Well, he's kind of short. He's not really <laughs> He's kind of short. Or, like his teeth are too bucked, or I don't know, something stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, despite the fact that he was a heavy drinker who was super overbearing and was really rough spoken, parents allowed their young daughters to expend expend extended periods of time at his stables unchaperoned. 
and he boasted to his associates that he had molested many of these underage girls. Um, when the fathers would complain about the high, the poor quality of the horses, Jane would say that their daughters were promiscuous, and if they didn't want people to know that their daughters were whores, then um, they shouldn't talk about how bad the horses were. And so it didn't matter if it wasn't true that these girls got molested because, you know, it wasn't their fault. Um, but because they were rich people and prominent people in Chicago society, they didn't want anyone to know, and so they would never press the issue. Which is just, how did he get away with it for so long? I just don't understand. It's also because he was friends with all the cops in Chicago as well. Right. So none of them... Seems correct. Scoundrels. He, and also his place was frequented by a bunch of mafia men and other gangsters, including Mad Sam Stefano. They would go there to play cowboy. They would get on horses and they would wear cowboy hats and they would fire guns into the air and just pretend to be cowboys because they're a bunch of city mafia people and they think that's what being a cowboy is. His One of his stables is still operated by his family. His great-nephew is uh, the was the first alternate for the U.S. show jumping team uh, in uh, at the 2012 Summer Olympics, and he died of leukemia in 1987 at the age of 80. So he was never tried for any of his crimes. Gross. But he was also involved in the murder of three young boys. Uh, their body, their naked bodies, were found on October 18, 1955. They were John Schusler, age 13. Schusler? Yeah. Okay. His brother, Anton Jr. Anton Schusler Jr., aged 11. And their friend, Robert Peterson, not Pattinson, aged 14. (laughs) Peterson. Uh, They were found in a ditch on the northwest side of Chicago. They'd been missing for two days when they found them. They had traveled from Jefferson Park to downtown Chicago to see the African Lion at the Loop Theater on the afternoon of October 16th. And when they were, you know, the federal agents were investigating Helen Brock's murder, one of the informants said that they had threatened others and said that if you don't, you better not do this or you're going to end up like the Peterson boy. And so it, it emerged that this person, who, who told them about that, Kenneth Hansen, he was 22, and he had met the three boys while they were hitchhiking, and uh, they were last seen by a classmate at the bowling alley about eight miles from the theater, and they were hitchhiking to get eight to the miles. theater. Hansen lured them into the stables that were owned by Silas Jane, under the pretext of showing them horses. And when Peterson discovered Hansen sexually abusing the, sh- sh- blah, the two brothers, Hansen attacked all three and then killed them. Oh. Silas was really upset about that, but when he realized what he'd done, he was like, I have to fucking cover this up because this happened in my place, and if people find out about it, all this is going to go to shit. He helped him conceal the crime. They put them in a station wagon and disposed of the bodies in the ditch. 
Yeah, the barn burned down on May 15th, 1956, so not even a year later, uh, like 16, like six months later, and it was suspected arson, so they probably killed it to hide the evidence of their deaths. At the time, neighbors had reported to police that they'd heard screams coming from the stables, um, but the leads were not followed up on because they... We're like, well, well, we can't investigate Silas because he paid us off and we're <laughs> corrupt cops and I, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> he and we're corrupt cops. This man, Kevin Kenneth Hansen, who was 22 and he was arrested in it's 1995 like, it's like and Kevin Hansen. Kenneth Hansen. Kenneth. Okay, I was like, not Evan. Like that musical. Evan. Hansen. I said Kevin. Okay. Evian Hansen. Anyways, he had preyed on hundreds of boys before his 1995 murder. So if they had investigated it and found it out, could have stopped those hundreds of boys from being molested. But hundreds. I don't yeah. understand protecting like a pedophile. It doesn't, make, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like even if, especially if you're a cop, that's like, some that's rich people and some cop gotta protect activity. Their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his conviction was overturned five years later on the grounds that the jury should not have heard prejudicial testimony regarding his frequent cruising the streets in search of boys to prey upon whom he termed chicken. He was found guilty in a 2002 retrial and the verdict was reaffirmed again in a 2004 appeal. He was sentenced to life in prison and he died at the Pontiac uh, Correctional Center on September 12, 2007. He is also, he, as Silas Jane, is also suspected to have been behind the disappearance of three people, Ann Miller, age 21, Patricia Blow, age 19, and Renee Broll, age 20, who were last seen on July 2nd, 1966, in Indiana Dunes State Park after leaving their purses and car keys on the beach and boarding a boat that was similar to the one owned by uh, stable, uh, his stable workers. What had happened was they think that they may have been witnesses to the planting of a car bomb that killed 22 year old Cheryl Lynn Rude on that, uh, on June 14th, 1965. She, they were trying to kill Silas Jane's brother, George Jane. And she was, I don't know if she was his secretary. She was a professional writer who had worked for Silas and then switched to George's stable and was one of the factors that contributed to their blood feud. And so this woman, Cheryl Lynn Rude, was moving her the car for George and it exploded and she died. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a hit? Yeah, he was trying to kill his brother. He contracted multiple hit teams, often simultaneously, to kill George. Um, Sounds like a movie. <laughs> yeah, he was angry at George poaching riders and boarders from him, and he was. Uh, this really does sound like, uh, like the Jersey Boys, you know? Yeah. But with horses. Yeah. Um, he was afraid that George would get caught for doping horses, and that would reflect badly on him. Silas. Uh. Because he's so innocent. Silas. <laughs> Silas. Bruh. Um, 1965, men hired by Silas backed out of a murder plot and alerted George, and they he convinced them to report Silas to the police. 
A sheriff's detective posing as a prospective hitman recorded Silas as he contracted for George's murder. He used the code phrase, it's time to buy a horse. <coughs> he was then arrested for conspiracy to commit murder. Tiger King but horse vision. It's fucking <laughs> weird. There's so many twists and turns. Remember when you, when you saw that shit and you are like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought like, anything to horse do with, Duke. like, animals. You're like, I wouldn't have guessed that this is where it was going. Yeah. That's... that's how I feel. Yeah, there are a lot of twists. When when Gwen told me it was horse killings, I this is not what I imagined. Yeah, I just I kill was, some horses. Yeah, <laughs> not like his one, brother killed him. Yeah. The, uh, the movie producer and the horse's head ended up in his bed. Oh, Godfather. Oh. Yes. yes. That's what I was thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Horse mafia. Horse yeah. mafia. Yeah, I was like, that sucks. <laughs> I thought that's what we were going to talk about the whole time. <laughs> She's disappointed. When did The Godfather come out? Is this based on it? No, it came out in the oh, 70s, and they didn't know the yeah. whole thing. So. I was thinking, I was like, when did it come out? Yeah, it had, I, bet, I bet it came out in the 70s. So he ended up being acquitted because the main witness claimed sudden amnesia. He said, under oath, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I'm sick. He oh. threatened this man to lie under oath. <laughs> I actually believe the amnesia thing. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's uh there's it's very hard to poke a hole in it. Uh after he was acquitted, George's office was burglarized and Silas allegedly told one of George's employees, "Your boss will be out of business soon because I gave the IRS boys all the dope on him." Did you have to say it like that? <sighs> That's yes. not even like a Chicago <laughs> It was devious. Though. I also had my guns up in a, my finger up in, in a gun yeah, she, position. She brought a fucking Glock. They can't see that. <laughs> well, that's why I, I was describing it for them. She always has that thing on her. Always got that I, thing on we, me. we all do hand gestures for no reason. George <laughs> ended up being indicted for income tax fraud. And finally, on October 28th, after numerous failed attempts, George Jane was ready for it. Shot through the heart through his basement window while playing bridge with his family on his son George Jr.'s 16th birthday. <laughs> yes! Yes, that's how it ends, of course! How horrible! Dude, what? this is a fucking movie. <laughs> what the piss? <laughs> oh, that's what I meant to say, not Jersey Boys. Damn it! Wait, what did you say? It was organized by Kenneth. I was like, what the fuck? Jersey Boys? I was like, I must be missing something. something. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like family drama. (laughs) I was like, wasn't Jersey Boys about the singers? I was thinking about, I'm sorry to the people of the Northeast. Snaps. You're all the same to me. You're all the same. Even though Illinois is not the same. And Kenneth Hansen was the one to. Organize the hit. It's northeast <gasps> of us. Was the one who got killed with his son on his son's birthday? Was he? He wasn't the pedophile, was he? No, no. That okay. was his brother. It was his brother, right? Kenneth Han- Kenneth Hansen was the oh, the pedophile. Okay. Oh, I Let's mean, see. fuck that guy, anyways. But Silas also molested That's what young I was, girls. I thought, yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Fuck him. He deserved it. <laughs> he was convicted in 1973 for conspiracy to murder his brother. Half-brother, I guess. George Jane. He was sentenced to 6 to 20 years in prison. Uh, which is a I huge feel, gap. Yeah, like, I don't know. You'll learn your lesson sometime between 6 and 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was released in 1979 after he served just under 7 years. 
Um, he was later tried and acquitted of arson in 1983 after he allegedly told a former soulmate um, to start a fire in a stable where men against whom he'd had a grudge kept their horses. 33 horses died in the fire. Jeez. He successfully claimed self-defense after he gunned down Frank Michelle Jr., who was a private detective, who on January 19th, 1969, at the behest of his brother George, was attempting to replace the battery of a malfunctioning tracking device on Silas's car. He was shot nine times with three different weapons, an M1 carbine and a 22 and a 38 caliber pistol. He also boasted of crushing the man's testicles using vice grip pliers. Sure sounds like self-defense to me. What, three weapons? Wait, one guy used all of those weapons. Yeah, he shot him nine times with three different guns like, and wait, crushed me, his testicles. Let me reach into my pockets. Who knows? Maybe there was some guy standing next to him handing him a gun. Right. We fucking... Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in 1967, uh, a deputy, Ralph Probst, was killed by a sniper bullet to his head Jeez. in his, uh, his hometown, Illinois' home. His hometown is hometown. Him, hometown, Illinois. Interesting. <laughs> I always learn about those towns where they're like... What are we gonna name it? And they're like, well, there's a stick here. Let's name it that. Oh, <laughs> it's, in, uh, it's in the middle. Yeah. Um, Middletown? Middletown? This is I our guy with the last name Middleton. Really? Isn't that funny? Like, yeah. Kate Middleton? Interesting. But he's American. But he's not. Um, but he's not. So, <laughs> this <Yeah>. deputy. It's <laughs> Charles. <laughs> that was the whole point. He goes by Logan. <laughs> what? So many twists. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, We said Middletown. This deputy, Probst, was investigating Jane's, Silas Jane's, crimes. Um, He told his colleagues that he was pursuing something big. Chicago Outfit Enforcer and... Outfit Enforcer? Yeah, so it's called the Chicago Outfit. So I think it's like gangsters. Mm -hmm. They were jeans and stuff so like the mafia right yeah they were the chicago outfit yeah jeans yeah <laughs> i'm sorry anyways sam de Stef- sam de stefano i mentioned him before DeStefano. he was uh, an associate of silas right. he was also suspected in doing stuff but probst had been guarding uh sam de stefano in the hospital so he'd probably seen silas and him doing stuff and yeah, so that is the horse murders. It probably gets even more horse complicated. King coming to a Netflix near you. Horse King. That sounds horse horrible. King. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like, like that one. Bitch. Horse Duke. Horse Duke. <laughs> or a horse boss. Horse Baron. Horse boss. It's like a cake boss. <laughs> but with murdering horses. horses. The story is juicier. Yeah, yeah, isn't it weird? I remember reading about that, and I was like, holy fucking shit, are you kidding me? The thing with Silas and his brother. Yeah. And then he killed him on his son's birthday <laughs> while they were playing cards together. That's so sad! Hard as Jesus fuck. Christ. He couldn't just, like, wait. I was like, your like, Uncle we'll Silas is here. <laughs> yeah, how Jesus fucked Christ. up is that? <laughs> 16th birthday, he's oh, like, no. 
cognizant of everything yeah. that's happening. Oh, jeez. Yeah, oh, it's really sad. It sucks. It's um, not like it was like his kid's second birthday, which would have been a horrendous story, but it's not like the kid would remember. remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like, he's old enough. And it, he was George Jr. He was named after George his dad. George Jr. <gasps> That's messed up. GJ. 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 Anyways. <laughs> um, next week is I is for insane asylums. No, no special mentions? What? Don't you? What? Oh, yeah, honorable, honorable mentions. mentions? This oh, is kind of a very no, weird yeah. specific situation. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's... Hey. Sue me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't think of any more. Like, yeah. that was, like, all of them. Gwen yeah. looking, though. I thought Gwen would know. Yeah, no, she, I don't. She gave us a full history of yeah. that. As much as I could find. No, it was a lot of information. On the Wikipedia pages and their related sources for things. That Blood Money article was really good because it was written in 1992, right when everything came out. So it's right. really cool. Um, it was still good. I don't want to sound like I'm disappointed. No, 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 I get it. Um, but yeah, feel free to look up more stuff. And if anyone else out there finds any more interesting things, please tweet us. Um, but I wanted to say I is for Insane Asylums was suggested by someone who is so supportive of our whole podcast. Every time we read her posts, oh, it makes yeah. us feel so happy. Uh, Z Crockett yes. on Twitter. Yeah. I know her full name, but I don't want to say it just in case. But anyway, yes. I would die for that's you. That's what she has as her. Just know I would thing. die for you. She's right. great. Uh, she's an artist. You can follow her. Yes. She's Support in our mentions work. all the time. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we're doing next week. And thank you all for listening. And goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at az underscore podcast. Or you can visit our Facebook page, A to Z Podcast. Or you can email us at azpodcasting at gmail.com. Also, we're available on a lot more platforms now. Visit our Anchor page to see just where you can listen to us. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope y'all have a great day.